Welcome to this week's edition of Flashback Friday, your opportunity to get some good review by listening to episodes from the past that Jason has handpicked to help you today in the present and propel you into the future. Enjoy. Welcome to the Creating Wealth Show with Jason Hartman. You're about to learn a new slant on investing, some exciting techniques, and fresh new approaches to the world's most historically proven asset class that will enable you to create more wealth and freedom than you ever thought possible. Jason is a genuine, self-made multimillionaire who's actually been there and done it. He's a successful investor, lender, developer, and entrepreneur who's owned properties in 11 states, had hundreds of tenants and been involved in thousands of real estate transactions. This program will help you follow in Jason's footsteps on the road to your financial independence day. You really can do it. And now, here's your host, Jason Hartman, with the complete solution for real estate investors. Welcome real estate investors, lifelong learners, curious people, this is episode number 971, 971, and this is your host, Jason Hartman. Thank you so much for joining me today as we do another one of many client case studies. Now, I know a lot of you really like hearing from young people that are doing good things in the world, and this one is certainly one of those. Our client and uh, youngest Venture Alliance member, Brandon Cook, we just realized he hadn't been on the show before, so he's on today, and he'll share his story with you and how he's investing and started very young, and he's been coming to our Meet the Masters event and really all of our events for many years now. I just saw him in San Jose at our JHU Live, Jason Hartman University Live event just a couple of days ago. So he's on the show today, and I think you'll enjoy it. But a couple of housing stats for you. Some of the latest stats. Uh, this is uh, from our uh, friends at NAR, National Association of Realtors. I used to be a member for many, many years. They publish a lot of stats. You got to take them with a grain of salt because, hey, they're out promoting their agenda. So just understand that. But hey, stats are stats. I'm assuming the stats are accurate. They do some good research. So thanks to them for this data today. So home sales, home sales are uh, very strong. They are ticking along at a uh, an adjusted rate of 5.38 million, looking like what's going to happen. The median price is about $240,000 just in December. Now, remember, there's always a lag in these statistics, a lag because is it, you know, it took so many years for NAR to finally come around and create a pending sales index, which I could never understood what took them so long to get to this, but they finally did it. This is not the pending. Remember, things have to close, and then they have to get the data from all of the various county recorders and the places they get data from, the MLS systems. And so there's always a lag time in this stuff. Understand lag, lag, lag. The stats are almost always 60 to 90 days behind. So literally, when you're hearing about housing stats, they are, number one, they're never localized enough. That's the first problem. But number two, 
they lag like a whole quarter, a quarter of the year. They're a quarter behind many times. So this is from December, new home sales reporting in at 625,000. When we look around the country and we look at January and we look at the median number of days on the market, right? The red hot places are mostly the usual suspects, but not completely, not completely the usual suspects. They are mostly the cyclical high flying markets with glorious highs and ugly, ugly lows, lots of bankruptcies and foreclosures during the bad times. And home sales are clicking along at a very, very rapid pace in places like the Socialist Republic of California, Washington State, very hot, Oregon, not as hot, but still moving well, Nevada, where where I live in the no income tax state of Nevada, Utah, very, very hot, Colorado, very hot. But oddly, you ready for this one? This one is um, an outlier where our friend Rand Paul is from. His dad spoke at our Meet the Masters event, Ron Paul, right? He was one of our keynote speakers. Kentucky, Kentucky market, homes are selling in less than 31 days, less than 31 days. And looking around the country, you know, most of the country, it looks like things are selling in 46 to 60 days. That's the vast majority of the country. So that's kind of interesting to look at that stuff as well. So what we have coming up in the world, what do we have coming up? Well, We've got our first Northeastern event coming up. Carrie and I just got off the phone with our national, yes, we're moving up in the world. We now have a national accounts manager. We are uh, looking at locations in Philadelphia. We may not pull that off, by the way. We may end up in Washington, D.C., in May, working on an event in Washington, D.C. or Philadelphia in May. So more to come on that. And then also our Venture Alliance Mastermind in the Big Apple, New York City in May as well. Of course, sooner than either of those is the Ice Hotel coming up in just about a month. Well, a couple days less than a month. That'll be just great. A bucket list, once-in-a-lifetime trip to the Ice Hotel in Sweden. So uh, if you're interested in that, let us know. We may, if we're lucky, be able to get you a room, an ice-cold art suite. Yes. One night in there, one night in the warm room. Don't worry. People don't die in these rooms. <laughs> they they live, but they are really glorious. It's just a, such a unique thing. Look it up. Don't Google it, because Google is evil. Bing it, bing it, bing the ice hotel in Sweden and check it all out. It's really neat. So what is the most expensive market? Well, I just got back from there. The most expensive housing market in 2017. We just had our Jason Hartman University event there in San Jose. Technically, it was in Sunnyvale, but San Jose, Sunnyvale, Santa Clara, that metro, <laughs> the price of... Uh, whoa, 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 $1,270,000. Do you know what the cheapest market is? The least expensive housing market? Cumberland, Maryland, weighing in at just $84,600. That actually kind of surprises me. I mean, 
Not in a really blighted area in the inner city of Detroit. I guess not, because it's always a metropolitan area. It's always an MSA. You know, it's just like voting districts, right? You've heard the term gerrymandering, right? Well, the gerrymandering concept, of course, if you forgot what it was, you probably learned it in school, that concept is where the Democrats and the Republicans, they will cut things up to try and get the election to work in their favor, right? They do this. Because the Republicans absolutely suck at public relations, and they never seem to get their message across, the Democrats always seem to own the message, even though their philosophy is the less desirable of the two. Not that either are that great. You must be a libertarian because it's the only way to be. It's the only honest answer in politics. But anyway... Our misnomer that we have a binary system because, hey, the powers that be want us to be arguing with each other all the time, right? They would make you think because the Democrats are much better at campaigning and much better at public relations. They would uh, make you think that, oh, those evil Republicans are doing all the gerrymandering, right? No, Democrats do it too. They both do it. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's just the way it is. So gerrymandering is pretty much like the MSAs. But the MSAs, so far as your humble host knows, do not change every four years or every two years in an election cycle <laughs> but but they do cut up in odd ways where you get good areas bad areas maybe that's the reason detroit wasn't the lowest priced homes or some funky area in you know north dakota right or something like that just because you know you've got a lot of very nice areas on the outskirts of the very bad inner city of Detroit, right? So that's what happens there. Okay, well, hey, let's get to our client case study and let's look at young people doing great stuff. And also remember that we have a junior membership now, a just newly announced junior membership for the Venture Alliance available. The price is nice. So you younger members, we want to get you involved. We want to get your new thinking. We want to get your uh, excitement and enthusiasm for life in the Venture Alliance. Uh, we just think it'd be fun. So that'd be good. We'd love to have you. What else? Oh, yeah, book recommendation. I'm always going through tons of books, tons of books. As far as just audiobooks alone, I probably do a good 150 of those a year. So average of maybe three a week. I'm always learning stuff. It's almost like a compulsion and addiction. It's like OCD. I must be learning. ABL. Always be learning. Always be learning. <laughs> well... An oldie but a goodie. You know, I'm always telling you, you gotta watch old movies, and you gotta watch old TV shows, and even read old books. You gotta do this so you gain a perspective. For many reasons, not the least of which is to watch how far society has fallen. <laughs> yes, it is an amazing time to be alive, but in many ways... Society is just falling apart. I don't know whether I should be an optimist or a pessimist some days. I just don't know. But mostly I'm an optimist. So there you go. The famous, the late, great Peter Drucker. 
the management guru of the century, of the last century, right? An amazing, amazing person. You know, I haven't studied his stuff for uh, several years. I check in with his, his works once in a while, and they will live forever because they are brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Peter Drucker was a brilliant man, no question. Anyway, the effective executive. Whoa, that was really good. Now, it's about management, but really uh, not relating to property management, <laughs> or it's related to corporate management, but it's also related to self-management. And I don't mean that in the sense of self-managing your properties. I mean managing oneself, right? Self-management. Peter Drucker, highly recommend it. Really good stuff. Not about real estate, but about management and life. And uh, it's interesting to uh, <laughs> go through that material. And it's just so old fashioned, <laughs> but in a good way, in a good way, in a very positive way. So Peter Drucker's Effective Executive, I would highly recommend. So not a real estate book, but a good one nonetheless. Okay, let's dive in and talk about a client case study today with Brandon. Here we go. I'm looking forward to sharing with you another great case study today, and I love it when we have our younger clients, millennials, Generation Y, that is really making a difference in their own lives and the lives of others, inspiring us to be better investors and, and just better all-around people. Brandon Cook, who is on with me today, is our youngest Venture Alliance member. He joined right as a, a founding member right in the beginning a long, long time ago. It's just great to have him here. He's a fighter pilot in the Navy. He's the only guy I know that knows how to land and take off on an aircraft carrier. Brandon, welcome. How are you? Hey, Jason. I'm great. It's really good to be on the show. Yeah. I can't believe after all the years we've known each other that we haven't had you on the show before. I mean, you've spoken a few words here and there, like at, at a Venture Alliance event when we'll pass the mic around, but we haven't really done a show about your journey, you know? Like small appearances, but nothing, nothing dedicated. Been on some of the other the other shows in the Hartman Media Group, but not this one. So I'm looking forward to a good discussion. Yeah, well, it's good to have you on. Thank you in advance for sharing your story with clients. And it's really quite inspiring because, you know, I remember seeing you way back in maybe 2009 or 10, eight, nine years ago, uh, maybe more even, at some of our Meet the Masters events uh, back in the old days. When did you discover my podcast, for example, and how did you get involved with us, and what was the start of, of your interest in real estate? Well, as far as my interest in real estate, that came from reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, reading some of the other Kiyosaki books, and he lists different asset classes. Real estate interests me the most because it was something I knew I could go on deployments with mm -hmm. and it would still kind of keep running. You know, yeah. I, I wouldn't, if I did a small business, as soon as I went on my first deployment in the Navy, it'd fall apart. So I was looking for something passive and a more proven system. Mm -hmm. And then that's how I found you. You were one of the first companies that I basically sought information from. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, I found you in print. Can you believe that? I don't know. I don't know if you still market in print at all. Not, but not really. Not really. We, <laughs> we, we don't really advertise at all anymore. But yeah. what, what did, tell me what you found. I, I, I found an ad. It was an ad in, in like an entrepreneur magazine or something. I was in a bookstore hmm. and saw a small 
it was kind of like in the back pages where they put like 12 ads on a page, you know, uh-huh. there was your, um, huh. older face shot, you know, yeah. platinum properties investor. And when yeah. I went home and Googled you, I think it was Google back. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, it was like, this <laughs> Google was, was around back then. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. 2009. Okay. Yeah. I found the creating wealth podcast mm-hmm. and when I did, I subscribed. I remember the newest show was get this episode 48. Oh my gosh. So as we speak, episode 959 is being released today. And, you know, I don't know when the listeners will hear this. Obviously, they may hear it way in the future. We may be at episode 1700 by then. But episode 48 was the first show you heard. That is amazing. Oh, my God. What was I talking about? And did I make any sense? It was, it was, uh, I can't remember. I mean, it was some of those early shows had a lot more core content real estate mm-hmm. and I loved it. So I, I, I didn't just start from there. I went to just episode one mm-hmm. and just listened through wow. that. Wow. I think it took me to, you know, episode 60 before I had caught up and mm-hmm. then, I, then I was just listening to each one. It was one a week or one every two weeks back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I've been listening to you ever since the first event I went to was at the, it was Hyatt Regency in Irvine. Uh-huh. It wasn't in the room. Yeah, it was in that, the little room. I, I remember or the uh, stadiums yeah. uh, audience yeah, kind of right. style yeah. room. Uh-huh. It was it was a side room. Right. Maybe I, I don't know thirty five to forty attendees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember when you were there, and I think the one you were at was the one where one of our clients and oh, he's probably listening, and I'm gonna forget his name. Sorry, but he actually made a song for me. He made a song out of my Ten Commandments, and he brought his guitar, and he flew out from, I believe it was North Carolina, and he performed the song about the Ten Commandments and Refi Till You Die, and all my principles. That was awesome. We got to find the recording of that. It was so great. Yeah. I love it. That was it. it. That was the first event. I bought my first property with you shortly after that meet the masters in phoenix Mm -hmm. and then just started buying one per year to kind of today where i have six rentals yeah absolutely fantastic okay and so you're 31 years old uh so you're a young guy you bought your first property in phoenix that that wasn't where the meet the masters was i just wanted to make sure that was clear to the listeners that was back when we were recommending phoenix so you made a lot of money on that property because uh Phoenix went up. We can't recommend it anymore because it's too expensive now. That was a great property. If I could have afforded 10 of them, I would have, you know, obviously hindsight's twenty yeah, twenty, yeah. But it's because it was so cheap, way below construction, nearly half. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I remember doing the math. It was like $42 a square foot, that wow. property. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> And here I am trying to figure out how to get a mortgage for the first time because mm-hmm. I'm at this point I'm 23 I believe right yeah uh, 23 or 24 and mm-hmm. you know had never been a renter my whole life uh-huh. and was kind of nervous I'm like what is going to happen with this I've it, I've never seen this property but mm-hmm. but honestly your educational material 
gave me that confidence to go on. That's fantastic. You know, Brandon, you're definitely one of our youngest clients starting at age 23. I mean, you're not the youngest anymore, but we've got some young clients, but 23 is pretty young. That's just awesome. That's just awesome that you you did that. Obviously, it, it's working for you. So that that's just great news. Now, the other interesting thing is you got your family involved with this. I think you got them involved. Maybe they got you involved. I don't know. But your mom and your dad come to our events. I've met them both several times. And tell us about that. What are they doing? Sure. So my dad was the first to, to hop on board the real estate bandwagon. I took him, I think my second Meet the Masters, I took him with me. So, mm-hmm. and he went to nearly every one after that. Mm-hmm. There was a, a year or two in there that he and I both missed. But for the most part, we've been been in every Meet the Masters. My mom's more recent. She just came to this last one in mm-hmm. January. And as far as properties, yeah, I convinced my dad, took him a little bit to act, you know, and I, I had talked to you about this, I think, um, at one of the property tours, you know, I just said, hey, Jason, my dad, he, he understands the material, but taking that first step, jumping into that first property, it's a big obstacle, big barrier for him. And honestly, I think, especially with your young listeners, that's probably an obstacle that they have as well. Mm-hmm. It's always the first one that's the yeah, hardest, right. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And you know, maybe Brandon, you know, because you're a fighter pilot, maybe you can draw some comparisons. Of course, everybody thinks being a fighter pilot is like super cool. At least I do. We all saw Top Gun and, you know, you, you guys have this great coolness image being fighter pilots, uh, for sure. But it's, maybe, it's not like the movie, I can assure you. I, I believe you. I believe you. Yeah, I, be, I believe that. But... I've never been able to break the sound barrier, and you have, so I'm a little envious, okay? Um, I want to break the sound barrier sometime. Here's the question, though. With real estate and income property investing, getting off out of your comfort zone to buy that first property, that's the hardest. And I think there's this tendency among everybody with everything in life is that a lot of us, we want to learn about everything before we do it. And a lot of it, you just got to actually do it, right? Right. You know, can you learn how to fly a fighter jet in the classroom in ground school? No. At some point, you got to actually fly, right? <laughs> you know, and I think there's some parallels for like first time investors. Of course, we have a lot of people that aren't first time investors, you know, that own dozens and dozens and dozens of properties uh, now. But the first one, it's kind of the hardest, you know, speak to that a little bit. You know, back to the classroom versus getting in the aircraft, you're absolutely right. In fact, I would say, sometimes we try to do too much academics, and not enough execution of what you know of it. You're like, you're, if you wait to a 100% solution and knowledge before you act, you'll never do anything. Mm-hmm. And I haven't read anything that says this, but just a gut feeling is that younger generations and millennials and younger, I think this is going to be a worse problem for those generations because we grew up in the information age where information is so easily shared and you can binge, read, you can go all ahead in knowledge and not in actually execution. So as a fighter pilot, you know, you have to be able to scan quickly. If the solution is there, then you pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. You, you know, employ the the missile or bomb or whatever it is Mm -hmm. you're doing. I've also heard the other kind of analogy that's like, People that will aim forever, you know, ready, aim, 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 and they never fire, right? Mm -hmm, Yeah. So I guess 
with my background with being a fighter pilot going through that training i think absolutely that helps helps me in my investing and soon my entrepreneurial endeavors mm-hmm. yeah, is that that's good. i'm of course going to become knowledge in what i can but i'm going to go for a 90% solution mm-hmm. realize i'm going to still make mistakes most likely mm-hmm. but it becomes time to do yeah all real life education and real life training is on the job, if you will. So it's on the job of being a real estate investor. It's on the job of doing anything. You've got to actually do. There is a certain learning that comes by doing only. And, you know, look, I kind of hate to use this comparison already because it's a family-friendly show, but I'm sure everybody listening has made love before, okay? Could you read about that in a book and understand it? No, you couldn't. There is no way to read about that academically, right? You just have to actually do it, right? You know, I think that's kind of a, it's actually a pretty good comparison. I hate to bring up that, you know. It is. (laughs) And you know what, Jason? Speaking of love, you know, it's Valentine's Day. You didn't mention that in the intro. It is Valentine's Day. I know, but but they're not going to hear, they're not going to hear this for probably a couple of weeks. Yeah. (laughs) Two bachelor guys talking to each other on Valentine's Day. I I can't think of anything more lonely. I know, man. Life is, uh, (laughs) life sucks. (laughs) Yeah, Valentine's Day is overrated. That's what all the single guys say. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think it depends. I think as far as the relationship, like the Valentine's Day episode that actually goes out tomorrow. So, you know, folks, you will not be hearing this, obviously, on Valentine's Day. You'll be be hearing it in a couple of weeks, okay? But the Valentine's Day episode that goes out tomorrow as episode 960 is uh, a good follow-up to... um, when I had the author of the five love languages on the show, which was a good Valentine's day episode too. But what was I going to say about that? Oh yeah. I think people who are either married or in relationships, I'm guessing this is nobody knows because you never get any real data on this. I think people in relationships and marriages, they kind of toe the company line, if you will, and they want to be good people. And so you don't really get like honest data about how is it, you know, what's it like? And then there are the complainers who will just complain, oh, it's terrible, or my wife or husband, this or that. But I think the 20 to 25% of them that are happy are probably like the luckiest people on earth. Because that's just, you know, it's life's greatest gift, uh, possibly, uh, you know, maybe children also. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, little sideline there, lest we get off on a tangent. <laughs> Overcoming the analysis paralysis and acting. And, yeah. and to bring it full circle, although that was maybe an obstacle for my father at first, he is in two property or he owns two and he's getting into his third mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And yeah. my mom has, I think she has one and is in escrow on her second. And then my sister with her brother-in-law mm-hmm. are on five or six in Memphis. Oh, fantastic. So, so yeah, it yeah. is a family affair now. And, yeah. and it works. Dinner conversations at, uh, you know, home for the holidays, talking about this real estate thing. That's awesome. It works. That's awesome. Hey, Brandon, how old is your sister? My sister's 32. We're nearly a year apart. Yeah. yeah, so she's a year older than you, and she's accumulating quite a few properties, too. It's interesting that the kids are buying more than the parents, <laughs> yeah it's kind of interesting yeah huh? yeah very yeah, interesting you know, they, the parents were um victims of the conventional model they've mm-hmm. been employed their whole lives yep. uh, diligently uh, contributing to a money market account yeah, yeah. and 
and of course, that doesn't really secure your retirement, especially in an inflationary environment where we've you know come to discover. Right, so. right. Yeah, no, that's definitely what most people do. And we're trying to talk them out of that, that standard plan. So that's good. But when you were talking about learning versus doing, basically, that's what it came down to. You reminded me of two things. Number one, one of my favorite quotes, let me see if I can remember it, goes uh, something like this. Successful people make decisions quickly as soon as all the facts are available and change them very slowly, if ever. Unsuccessful people make decisions very slowly and change them often. And, you know, that's the thing. When you just go for it to some extent and you force yourself to get out of your comfort zone, to be uncomfortable, you know, and you just get in there and you look, you know, look, I'm a capable person. I'm going to figure it out. I'm not going to know everything before doing this. There will be some mystery, but I'm just going to jump in and deal with it as best I can. And those are the people that just win in life because there's just a certain amount of like extra credit you get from life or, you know, points. You just get a certain amount of points and wisdom from actual action. It has like its own inherent value. And it also reminds me of one of my favorite books by Michael Masterson. That's his pen name. And I had him on the show. It's called Ready, Fire, Aim. And that's what you were talking about. And I, I heard, you know, one of our clients, uh, Doug Utberg, who's been on the show before, and you know Doug, Brandon. I know Doug, yeah. He was in the Navy also, or maybe it was the Marines. I think it was the Navy. He talked about how when you learn to shoot, that's actually the technique because the way your brain works, and maybe you can speak to this, you actually have to fire almost before you aim. And, and I know that sounds completely weird, but he explained it really well to me. I don't know, maybe you got some of that in your military training and you can speak to it. Yeah, because, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also think that what he maybe also uh, talked about there in that example was that you can dry fire or shoot without you know, pull the trigger, mm -hmm. work on your grip. You can do all that without a bullet in the chamber uh -huh. and you'll be smooth all day. But then as soon as just the cartridge is, is put in the breech and you know that you're actually going to send a round down range, uh -huh. it changes your, your technique. It's, yeah. it's, it's like psychologically, you know, that you're actually going to shoot the gun mm -hmm. and it changes. And, and I see that too with my pilot training as well, mm -hmm. we'll do just dry runs with no ordnance all day. As soon mm -hmm. as we have ordnance coming off the aircraft or we're shooting the gun, we don't fly as good of a, of a profile, a, a weapons delivery profile. So there is that. There's that psychological element where reading it in the book and visualizing it is important. Yeah. You'll be a perfect investor in that realm. Right. You move <laughs> to actually executing, it's going to be different. You're going to make mistakes and, and think back and go, I can't believe I made that mistake. Right, right. And that's okay. Yeah, we, we all, we got to just do things in life. I always say, and my saying is cultivate rational recklessness. Be willing to be a little bit reckless in your actions because otherwise you'll just never take any actions and you'll be textbook smart and you'll, you know, the world's full of educated derelicts as the saying goes. Brandon, what have you learned over the years uh, as an investor, as a young investor? Share like any tips you have, any technology you use, applications, organizational techniques, just anything you want to share. Yeah, sure. I learned Man, there's a lot that I've learned that I can't even think of. It's, yep. I would say 
productivity is something I, I really, really struggled with early on. Maybe that's a product of the information age too, that kind of lack of focus or, or not the distraction age. Not staying yeah. organized. Yeah. Right. So yeah. when I initially started investing, I was severely disorganized. I was not keeping track of my books, so mm-hmm. I didn't know where money was going in and going out. Mm-hmm. And I started doing my own bookkeeping, and I I think that is a must. Everyone should either do their own books or, even better, you pay someone to do your books for you. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to be an investor and an entrepreneur, you're more or less you're making decisions, leadership decisions, and working in teams. You shouldn't be pushing paper and in the mechanics. That's not really the life of an investor or a business owner. Mm-hmm. Real estate investing is kind of running its own little oh, business. Oh, it, it's since, definitely a business. Absolutely. Yeah. It becomes its kind of own business, uh, uh, even if you have property managers. Mm-hmm. So I think that was it was a mindset shift, I think, for me initially, was to learn how to delegate and learn. You want to have good records mm-hmm. and then make decisions based off good reports, mm-hmm. you know? So early on doing my own books and having my income statement, having my balance sheet and reviewing them once a quarter Mm -hmm. was an absolute must. I was stalled until starting that. What what, Um, what software are you using? It's, it's not I'm, good. I'm moving away from Quicken. QuickBooks is the standard and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to learn QuickBooks. I'm going to pay someone to, to start doing that for me, but it's into it as well. So it's going to move over very easily. Mm-hmm. And I just recently started using the property tracker as well. Mm-hmm. So I can actually track more investment specific. Yeah. So, so in other words, Quicken or QuickBooks is used for the general accounting, but property tracker yeah. is used for the specifics of managing the real estate itself, managing the leasing calendar, the insurance calendar, you know, the, uh, taxes, you know, it helps you do your taxes. Um, it's just a great tool. I love property tracker. So that's, that's good. Okay, good. Well, we got to wrap it up, but you know, just any other comments you want to share with our listeners, uh, you know, how, why to do it. Um, I think we wanted to talk about venture alliance too. Oh, that's right. Thank you for the reminder. Yes. Just quickly with Brandon's help. So thank you, Brandon, for helping on this. You were one of our founding venture alliance members. We developed a junior membership to welcome some younger blood into the Venture Alliance. So if you are under 35, you can join the Venture Alliance now for $5,000 per year rather than the normal fee of 8000 For two people, it's 7000 per year if you're under 35 versus 10000 for the normal fee. So uh, Brandon, Hopefully, uh, now you've talked to a couple of our clients about this, right? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> okay. Not yet. Yeah. I had some issues with uh, contact numbers. I had a number that was bad and um, and I was looking to get another couple. So stay tuned. For some of you, I will be reaching out just to explain how much value I pulled from being in the Venture Alliance and also answer any questions about kind of the normal flow of our weekend and things like that. And I I didn't uh, mention that in my case study earlier, but I was able to join for the very first event and it was very valuable for me to surround myself with other business owners, well, really with business owners because I don't have uh, any business other than my six rentals. Mm-hmm. Being an entrepreneur is, is about being creative and about surrounding yourself with others and um, overcoming obstacles and that's all, you know, all we talk about at the Venture Alliance is it's a positive weekend. It's a positive event. 
And so I've felt honored, honestly, to be in the presence of the other members. And I thought, well, this would be a great opportunity if if more younger of your clients could get on board. Yeah, yeah, we'd love to have more younger investors in the Venture Alliance. That'd be great. And Venture Alliance is our elite mastermind group. It's a lot of fun. Um, Brandon, you joined us at our first event in San Diego. You went to Dubai with us and Jekyll Island and Newport, Rhode Island. You've been on all the trips, right? Have you missed any of them? I miss Chicago. Oh, you um, missed well, the Chicago trip. Okay, got it. I came in for the last day. That's right. Yes, I remember. I had another weekend engagement. But yeah, other than that, I've made every single event. It's been fun. Good, good stuff. Well, thank you so much for uh, being involved in Venture Alliance. And uh, if your peers are out there listening, Brandon, your younger peers who are interested in real estate investing and entrepreneurship and, and just having fun and going on neat trips and you know, once in a lifetime experiences, join us, go to VentureAllianceMastermind.com. Brandon, thank you again for coming on and and sharing your, uh, your story and your case study with us. We appreciate it. Appreciate being on as well, Jason. Thanks. Happy investing. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. Be sure to check out the show's specific website and our general website, HartmanMedia.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Remember that guest opinions are their own. And if you require specific legal or tax advice or advice in any other specialized area, please consult an appropriate professional. And we also very much appreciate you reviewing the show. Please go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio or whatever platform you're using and write a review for the show. We would very much appreciate that. And be sure to make it official and subscribe so you do not miss any episodes. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.